Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Listen now for a word from our Lord. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds you would uproot, the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our text this morning makes reference to the first century equivalent of someone toilet papering your house. Now, actually, it's probably worse than that. It's more like someone toilet papering your house and then soaking it all down with the hose and then filling your mailbox with shaving cream and then topping the whole thing off by giving your lawn the plastic fork treatment. That's when someone pokes about 100 plastic forks into your grass and breaks them off at ground level. So you can find them easily with bare feet, but they're really hard to get up. You see, friends, in Jesus' day, it was a common way to get back at your neighbor by sowing in weeds with their crops. And a, a favorite ploy was to sow in a weed that was virtually indistinguishable from wheat until both the plants got mature. And at that time, it was kind of too late because the, the roots of the plants would be all intertwined. And if you tried to pull up the weed, you'd end up pulling up the wheat. So then, friends, it's not surprising that because it was such a big problem with this, the Romans actually passed laws against it. And it's in that context that Jesus tells this parable about the kingdom of God. Jesus says that there is a man who sows good seed, and later we find out that it's wheat. But sometime in the night, someone, an enemy, comes while everyone's sleeping and sows in weeds with the wheat crop. Then the two grow up together, and as the weeds become obvious, the servants come to the master and say, Master, did you sow good seed? And the master says, Yes. Well then, say the servants, where did these weeds come from? And the master says, well, an enemy has done this. Well, do you want us to go and take the weeds out, asks the servants. No, says the master, let it alone. 
allow weeds and wheat to grow up together. And then at harvest time, I'll have my harvesters pull out the weeds, separate them and burn them, and I'll gather the grain into my barn. Now, the first part of this parable seems fine to us, I think. A man sows good seed, and then weeds come up in his field among the crops. We understand that, right? We get it. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a field without any weeds. And it's, it's not clear here whether Jesus at this point is talking about the world in general or the church in particular, but there are weeds in the field. And we do not like weeds. In fact, we think weeds are the enemy. They always have been. Going all the way back to square one in the Bible, remember the false story in Genesis chapter 3? Adam and Eve sin and are cast out of the garden and a curse is put on them. And the curse is this. By the sweat of your brow, you will earn your bread. But the land that you till will produce thorns and thistles. Mm. Weeds are the enemy. They always have been. They always will be. It's just best to get rid of the weeds before they ruin everything. So it's natural, I think that the servants come to the master and say, Master, should we pull out the weeds? I mean, this is like cleaning the toilet paper out of the trees or getting down on our hands and knees to pull up those forks. It's just a natural human impulse to clean things up, to want to get rid of the problem. And, of course, we see this impulse at work in the church. It's like that little kid at the very first church that I served who one evening while his mother was in choir practice went through the whole education building with a thumbtack and he went to every single bulletin board and meticulously poked the eyes out of every person and every picture that he could find. Well, a man in the church heard about this and he was very upset. He said, that kid's a weed. We can't let him back in here. Or it's like the man that was also a member of that congregation who got into a lot of trouble about money. So much so that he was arrested and he spent some time in jail. When he was released on bond pending trial, he returned to the church and asked for prayer. He wanted to worship there. But within a few weeks, a group of people said, ah, oh, this makes us really uncomfortable. This man is a weed. He needs to go somewhere else. Friends, it is true that it, there's this human inclination to weed the garden. That's the reason the first part of the parable makes sense to us. We sort of understand where the servants are coming from. And it's the second part of the parable then where it gets really sticky. Because the servants say to the master... Master, should we just go and take out the weeds? And he says, no, leave it alone. What? Weeds and wheat together? That would just be a mess. Don't we need to take a stand here? Don't we need to draw a line here? Don't we need to say this is right and this is wrong? This is appropriate and this is not appropriate. You're in and you're out. You stay and you go. And the master says, 
No. Leave it alone. Why? Because if you start pulling weeds, you're going to pull up some wheat. Some of you may remember Senator Joseph McCarthy. Y'all remember him? Students of history will remember that Senator McCarthy led the charge to weed the country of suspected communists. In the process, many innocent people were hurt. They lost their livelihood. They lost their reputation. They lost relationship with family and friends. It was terrible. McCarthy was obsessed with weeding the country, but did he pull up weeds or wheat? On a more extreme scale, look at the folks who engage in ethnic cleansing. That's his own form of extreme weeding, right? One of the worst cases happened in Rwanda. Y'all remember this. Over a million members of the Tutsi tribe were killed by members of the Hutu tribe. The Hutus were out to weed the entire patch of Tutsis. Now, one thing that McCarthy and the Hutus had in common was they both believed that they could tell weeds from wheat. They believed this. They absolutely thought they could tell who was weed and who was wheat. And in fact, underneath all weeding activity is that belief. The weeder always believes they can tell weeds from wheat. But friends, we've got to take a step back on this. Is that true? Can we always tell weeds from wheat? It's tempting to think that we can, but can we? Do we really know the difference always? Many years ago, I attended the funeral of a neighbor who was not a churchgoer. Now, by all accounts, he was a nice man. But his faith life, if he had one, remained a mystery. Regardless, a member of his extended family really wanted to have a Christian funeral for him. So they found a local pastor who was willing to officiate a funeral at the funeral home. Well, we all came in and, and sat there. And the preacher came out, and he stood behind the lectern, and right out of the box he said, my brothers and sisters, you need to get right with Jesus. Because you never know when your time may come. And then, he didn't come right out and say it, but he certainly strongly insinuated that because our neighbor was not a churchgoer, odds were that he was not spending eternity in paradise. Keep in mind that this man's widow and family were sitting right there on the front row while he was saying these things. As he went on, a friend who had come with me leaned over and whispered to me, well, how does he know? And I thought, that's a good point. How does he know? How does he know what was in our neighbor's heart? 
how does he know what was between our neighbor and God? This preacher had never met our neighbor, had never talked with him. How could he be so certain that he could tell the difference between weed and wheat? Friends, I'm telling you, only God knows that for sure. I know I don't. I spent years walking home from school, picking these little yellow flowers out of people's yards for my mom, and she would float them in a little juice glass full of water in the kitchen window. And it wasn't until I was nearly grown up that I found out that a lot of people considered those little flowers to be weeds, that they actually poured poison on them to get rid of them. And even today, I, I'm not always right. I know that. I can't always tell the difference. To be honest with you, I think that purple thistles are pretty. Sometimes I ask my husband Tripp to drive me out in the country, and I cut them, and I dry them, and I put them out in my house. I guess I can't always tell a weed from a flower. So I'm so grateful that in the long run, God is the one that makes the call. You see, God promises us that at harvest time, he'll sort it all out. God is the only one who absolutely can tell the difference between weeds and wheat. And that is why God says to leave it alone. But there's one other reason, friends, one more reason to leave the weeds and the wheat together. And that's that God is perfectly capable of transforming weeds. Actually, God's kind of in the weed transformation business, if you think about it. We Christians believe that. We call it the power of grace. The promise of Jesus Christ that we all hold on to is that it might be a weed today, but at any time, any weed can be transformed into wheat by the power of grace. We really do believe that. We hang our hats on it. You know that kid that went around and poked all the eyes out of the photographs? He just needed love and boundaries and time. By high school, he was a fixture in our youth group and a member of our youth choir and a favorite volunteer at Vacation Bible School. And that man who spent time in jail, well, it took some time to sort out his legal troubles and for him to pay his debt to society. But he returned to that church and last I checked, he had remained a faithful member there and he was a valued part of a Sunday school class in that church. Friends, do you hear the good news in this text? Because it's there. It really is. Not just for other people, but for everyone. For you and for me, for our children, our grandchildren, everyone. You see, a lot of us start out as weeds. And a lot of us are somewhere between weeds and wheat. 
thanks be to God, we human beings do not have to weed the garden. God promises that he'll take care of that. And we can trust him at his word. We don't have to worry about sorting it all out. That's not our job. Our job is to be as faithful as we can possibly be and to trust in God's grace and to be grateful for it. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for how many of us begin life as weeds. And Lord, we're grateful that you give us time to transform into wheat. Lord, give us the same patience with our brothers and sisters. Open our hearts to love those that we find difficult to love and trust that in the long run, you are the one who will sort everything out all for your glory. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.